Hey, 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 it's Michael here again for another Oilers Live Tuesday. We've got a pretty exciting uh, episode tonight. I've got a few guests uh, coming on tonight. We've got uh, Ryan Lotzberg, current uh, contributor at the newly launched Heavy Hockey Network. We've also got uh, Mr. Dash. We just call him Dash in the Park. At Dash in the Park, he's uh, from the Straight Off the Pipe podcast. He'll also be doing a few articles on the Heavy Hockey Network. And Mr. Mike Dursa from Straight Off the Pipe podcast. And I think he's doing a couple articles I just heard. I just heard today. So lots of exciting news. If you didn't hear, Nick Suzuki signed eight years, $7.875 million or something like that. I feel like uh, Brady Kachuk's going to be asking Connor McDavid money anytime soon. And uh, probably the biggest news of them all is the NHL season has officially started. We're nearing the end of the first period, Pittsburgh and Tampa Bay. I won't tell you any spoilers other than it's tied and nobody's scored. So, all right. So, here's the three guys that you guys have all been waiting to see. Dash, Dursa, and Ryan. Welcome to the show, guys. Here's your cue. You can say hello. You can say whatever the I'm hell I'm just you want. stunned by that dirty water Boston Red Sox hat. I have no words for Dursa right <laughs> now. Well, thanks for wearing your baseball hat on a hockey podcast. You- yeah, yeah, you're kind of just stunned like the Tampa Bay Rays were last night uh, when we uh, took them out. This takes hot. <laughs> thanks for having us, Michael. We'll try to behave. Yeah, yeah. Hey, it was a good episode. Everybody, good night. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, we're going to do, so tonight with these uh, three uh, beauties here, we're going to do a little bit of a season preview. We got some uh, questions that I've uh, given them already. We're going to run through those questions. Each of them is 30 seconds. They'll be on the clock to discuss their answer or say whatever the hell they want. They don't have to use up the full 30 seconds. I suspect Dash will probably try to go 45 every time. Ryan, uh, Ryan's a writer, so he'll probably try to keep it concise. And Durst, well, you know, we never know what we're getting from him. So that let's just, uh, yeah, <laughs> let's just, let's just hope it's, uh, it's a lot of fun. I'll give my, uh, commentary throughout the night and, uh, we're going to have a little bit of fun here tonight, guys. Uh, any thoughts before we begin or you guys just want to jump right into it? Oh, let's get out of Drop the mitts. Get after it. All right. All right. So what we're going to do, we're going to start uh, with the team questions tonight. And uh, we're going to get Dash to start first. So uh, Dash and this, uh, everybody else will get their chance at this. Um, your pick uh, for the Atlantic uh, division. You're on the clock. I think it's tough to uh, go against what Tampa Bay has done uh, in the last few years. So I can see them um, maybe petering out in the playoffs, but still having a, a strong enough uh, regular season. So um, Boston, I think, will be close. They're bringing back a, a decent enough team and, and have always just been so consistent that way. So um, I got Tampa Bay for the Atlantic. All right. Wow. 10 seconds left to spare. By the way, you don't get any of that back afterwards. Oh, now I know. It's it's all right. 
We're going to have uh, Dursa up next. Your turn. Who's going to take the Atlantic? Yeah, I'm going to make my fiance happy. Um, at least uh, saying one thing today, and I'll go with uh, uh, the Bruins uh, winning the Atlantic. Wow, wow! I didn't actually. I didn't see that coming. I'm not even. Uh, I'm not even sure I've got them in the top three. But uh, hey, I'm not. I don't have to go home to Kim every night. So. All right. Now, Ryan, uh, saving the best for last. Uh, what's your take? Who's got the Atlantic for you? Atlantic, I think that we have to go with Tampa Bay again. I mean, you're the champs until you get taken down. Um, I'm thinking Florida's going to push. Like, they've made a lot of additions that are really strong, like Sam Reinhardt being the biggest one. Um, I, I don't think Toronto's going to be there as much as everybody wants it to be. Tampa lost their third line, but they've always got young kids coming up the pipe that are always making an impact in some way. And how do you go wrong with Vasilevsky? Oh, man, we got our first guy that went overtime. Wow. All right. I didn't, you know what, here I didn't think it would be, uh, I didn't think it would be Ryan at all. I figured if anybody went over, it'd be you, Dash. But um, ah, a team player, he could have had two of my seconds. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. We should have transferred. We should add some transfer rule here. All right. We're going to move on uh, from the Atlantic. We're going to the Metro. And uh, I think we're going to start with Durst there now. Who do you think's got the Metro division? Yeah, I'm going to uh, pick a nemesis from the past and the Carolina Hurricanes there. Carolina Hurricanes. Wow. I don't uh, – yeah, all right. All right. I guess, uh, you know, I can't fault you for that. They look good, looked good last year. Uh, Ryan, who do you have for the Metro? In the Metro, I think you're going to go with the Capitals. I mean, the Caps and Penguins finished tied atop that Eastern Division last year. I mean, like that division is so tight to call. Honestly, like I could see like three or four teams potentially winning that, but I'm going to go with the Caps. That's awesome. Yeah, I I think that I like the Caps. I was looking at their uh, roster today, though, and how many signings they have and for how long. Like they're going to be, uh, they're going to have a geriatric team of guys all signed to about eight or nine million dollars in about five years. Um, I'm crazy. It's going to be crazy. I like. I don't know. Are they going to be like the next Minnesota and buying all those guys out? I mean, you're never going to buy OV out. The guy is going to be a hoss forever. All right, Mr. Dash, who do you got for the Metro? Uh, in the Metro, I think this is the year that they're uh, going to see a little bit of a flip in the power. Um, I see the Capitals kind of dwindling down as they get older. The Penguins looking at potentially real building with their new management. You see Malkin hurt and Cosby hurt and. It's uh, going to be interesting that way. So um, I think, you know, we're going to start to see teams like uh, Carolina move on their way up, Philadelphia move on their way up. But uh, for me, I think it's going to be the Islanders. Just under the wire. <laughs> I, I, thought, I, was sure, I was hoping. I just wanted to hit beep before you actually said, <laughs> said your answer. Then we would never know. I'm actually going with the Islanders, too. In that one, I think uh, I think the Islanders are a great pick for um, uh, for the Metro. We were going to do Pacific next, but we should probably keep that to last. Let's uh, let's do the um, do the Central first, and uh, I think that we're going to start with Ryan on this one. Ryan, who do you got for the Central? I think there's Colorado, and then there's everybody else in the Central. I mean, there's a 
big cluster of teams below them, but I think Colorado is the class of that division easily. Yeah, no, I think uh, that's pretty good. I, I can't argue that. How about yourself, Dash? Who do you have for the Central? Yeah, Ryan nailed it. It's the Avalanche and everybody else. I completely agree. Um, you know, I think the the Jets have a little bit of potential to maybe crawl in as a solid number two in that division. I, I really like what they've done in the offseason. And, and it's been quiet there, which is nice after a, a lot of noise in the past few seasons between Line A and Bufflin and uh, the Truba situation. So um, nice if the Jets pulled into second, but this is the Avs division. <laughs> All right. Well, hey, I got to, I got a little bit of a beep in there, but uh, hey, Dursa. All right. Uh, what's your hot take on this one? <laughs> I know. I don't I? <laughs> you got you got to have Colorado. Who do you got, Dursa? I'll let you. Go. Well, first I'll just say because you know this steep uh, that that buzzer that you got coming in. I need to get that from you for our next episode to hurry things along with our show. But uh, yeah, I'm not going to be. Uh, I'm not going to be too uh, risque here and go off the beaten path. I'll say the Colorado Avalanche, but uh, I think the Chicago Blackhawks are a team to to kind of watch out. The Blackhawks, yeah, you know, look the the Blackhawks are. Um, I mean, they're the big mystery, right? In uh, in the league this year, which uh, what team are you going to get? Because they've got um, they've got all the tools for sure. All right, we're going to move on to the best division which is the Pacific Division. We're going to back to uh, Mr. Dash. You get to decide. You get to choose first. Who do you got taking the Pacific Division? I think um, similarly to what we just said, except in the Pacific, it's a two-team division. It's going to be Vegas and the Oilers. I think it'll be close. Um, so I'm going to go with the Homer hometown pick and, and go with the Oilers. I think that Vegas has uh, going to miss Flurry more than they know. And uh, their run at the top is, has got to dwindle down a little bit. So I, I think they take a bit of a step back and the Oilers take a step forward. All right. Awesome. And uh, Dursa, you're up next. Who do you got uh, for the Pacific Division? There's a new bunch on the block by name. The Edmonton Oilers have uh, yeah, got got back to the Pacific division, uh, champs. I, I kind of with dash here, I think Vegas made a huge mistake, uh, getting rid of a Vesna trophy winner for absolutely nothing. And they're going to regret that. I think Robin Leonard's a good goalie, but to ask him to play the amount of games he's going to have to play for them to win the division is not going to actually pan out. Um, as much as we dog Mike Smith and Miko Koskinen, I think the two of them together are going to be better than, uh, Leonard. There is no doubt that uh, Koskinen's uh, in the works for a bounce back year. In fact, he looked uh, pretty decent during preseason. I know it's just preseason. Everybody's going to be talking about that. It's just preseason, just preseason. Uh, Ryan, are we going full homer on this one? You're up. Who's on the Pacific? <laughs> well, I'm on an Oilers podcast and I'm sitting in a room full of Oilers gear, but I have to buck the trend. I'm going Vegas here. The Oilers obviously have the high-end superstar talent in David and Dreisaitl. I just don't think our defense is going to hold up as well as Vegas is. Like, the advantage that they have is they have Shea Theodore and Alex Petrangelo. They can have them on the ice for three quarters of the night if they really want to. 
Yeah, 100%. You just made it under the wire there. Uh, all right. So we've got uh, Ryan going with Vegas. Dash and Durst going with the Oilers. Clearly, Ryan's wrong. Uh, and the <laughs> Oilers are going to win the um, Pacific this year. Actually, I, I yeah, yeah, I know we all... We all hope you're wrong. I, I, I think Vegas will be good. I mean, I, there's, I think the big question mark has got to be, you know, how much did Flurry mean to the team, right? Like, that's, um, that's it. And, and I don't know. Laners uh, seems to be dealing with a lot, right? So you know, um, not to, um, to put that in a in a bad spotlight, but um, you know, that can affect a person's game. For sure. I All right. Be the first to admit that he has distractions. You know? Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. Absolutely. All right. We're gonna start, uh, Dursa. You got uh, thirty seconds to give us your take on who's gonna win the conference championships. As we're going into the playoffs here now, uh, for the East and for the West. Yeah, I'm going to um, go with a team from Florida but it's going to be a bit of a surprise. I'm going to say the Florida Panthers are going to come out of the East and the Colorado Avalanche are going to come out of the West. Oh, all right. All right. That's, uh, so you got Florida out of the East and Colorado out of the West. All right. Now, uh, Ryan, you're up, uh, conference champions. Well, it's hard to go against Colorado in the West, so I'll agree with Mike there. But in the East, I'm going to go to the Islanders. I think they'll find a way to finally defeat the Lightning in the Conference Finals, and they'll find their way into that Stanley Cup Final mix. So are you telling me that uh, Eberle wasn't, like, the guy there? <laughs> Kyle Palmieri got slipped in there pretty easily. <laughs> yeah. Ask Chiarelli. Yeah, yeah, ask Ask Oilers fans during the last uh, playoff run that Everly was a part of. I, you know what? I like Ebbs. I think he got a bad, uh, bad go here. All right, Dash, you got thirty seconds. You're on the clock. Conference champions, East and West. My uh, Western Conference championship will contain the Colorado Avalanche and the Edmonton Oilers. Uh, this Stanley Cup final will end up being a, a battle of two teams that uh, keep almost getting there. Uh, so when Duncan Keith takes a stupid penalty in game seven, uh, Colorado will go on <laughs> and um, my East will have uh, the New York Islanders. I got to agree with Ryan. I, I think that they've been there. They're close. They know they could taste it. They've got four full lines and Barry Trotz is the key. Man, you just keep making it just under the wire. I, uh, I keep, uh, that's why you pay me the big there. bucks. I know. I know. Wow. It's good. It's like scoring an OT. That's awesome. All right. Here's the big question. Now, uh, we've got uh, playoffs, obviously. We've got the East and West champions. We're going to start, I think, uh, Ryan, it's your turn to start. And if it isn't too bad, it is now because I I choose. Uh, Who do you got taking the Stanley Cup this year? Early prediction. Early prediction. If it's between Colorado and the Islanders, like, it is. I have a hard time betting against Nathan McKinnon in the Avalanche. Like I'll defer to the team with the superstar in a preseason Stanley Cup prediction. I'll go the Avalanche. All right, that's um, 
that's a pretty big thing considering that uh, McKinnon hasn't really got anywhere in the playoffs yet, but we'll see. He's, uh, by the way, under COVID protocol right now, as is the coach, I think. Tested positive, asymptomatic today, as I understand. Uh, so he's going to miss the first couple of games. Let's hope he's all right. Dash, you are up. Stanley Cup champion, early prediction. Yeah, Colorado gets there off the Duncan Keith mistake. <laughs> Let me re- reiterate that. Um, and Nate McKinnon takes it one step further, just not far enough um, and has some sort of fit and throws some broccoli against the wall um, because he loses to the Islanders. I, I think Trotz can do it again. He did it with the Capitals. Um, he's that type of coach. They're that type of team. They're built for it. And I just think it's their turn. All right, we got two for Colorado. Uh, Mike, we need... No, I said Islanders. Oh, oh, Islanders, that's right. Two for the Islanders, right? Is that what... Ryan, what did you say? You said Colorado. Ryan said Colorado. I said Islanders. Jeez, man. Somebody start listening here. Open your ears, boys. Come on. Durst, you're supposed to help me out here. Send me some show notes. You can't pick the Red Sox, Durst. You're you're actually psychic there, Hubert, because I'm taking the Avalanche, so it is two to one. All I'm right, going with the, I'm going with the TB12 diet team. Look at you! You got an extra five seconds in there because I didn't even start the clock. Wow, <laughs> wow! It's like playing before the puck even drops. But uh, Colorado, you taking Colorado? I am. Okay, so let's get this straight. So Lotsburg, you got Colorado. Dursa, you got Colorado. Or am I getting this right? Yeah, you yeah, are. yeah. And then Dash, you got the Islanders. Yeah, I'm all in on trots. Yeah. All right. Well, you're all wrong, but that's all right. We're uh, we're going to keep going. I See, I don't even need to say who I think. I'm just going to say you're all wrong because I'm probably going to be right at the end of the year if I... <laughs> you're just taking, you're taking the field. I'm taking you're the not field. You're wrong, you're right, right? <laughs> that's right. That's right. All right, we're going to go into... Um, you're the producer. Go- you could just be like Jim Rome and edit it in after. <laughs> that's exactly... That's exactly what I'm going to do. You got me. You got me. <laughs> All right. We're going to go. Uh, we're going to move to trophies. I've only got really two, but you know what? We're going to add. Um, I know I'm putting you guys on the spot. We're going to add the Vesna as well and the Norris in there. You're going to have uh, 30 seconds. Uh, do I, I don't even know who's starting first now, but uh, volunteer. Volunteer to start first. All of you. Okay, Durst is going to start first. And so the uh, the trophies, well, I want your pick for the Hart Trophy. There's a, a, That one's the easy one. The Calder, the Vesna, and the Norris. And uh, Durst, you ready? You're on the clock starting now. So for the Hart Trophy, I'll take uh, this fine gentleman, number 97 from the Edmonton Oilers, Connor McDavid, uh, Calder. Calder Trophy, I'll take Cole Caulfield from the Montreal Canadiens. Uh, what do we got? The Norris Trophy. Oh, man, I haven't thought about this, but I'll take my man Darnell Nurse. Why not? And uh, what's the other one you wanted? Uh, Vesna. The Vesna. Oh, man. Uh, yeah. Vasilevsky out of town. <laughs> All right, under the wire. That's not bad. That's not bad because I threw in a couple there. Uh, you know what? Uh, Darnell deserves to be at least in the discussion of uh, Norris for the upcoming season. There's no doubt. We'll see. I, I, I mean, he, he I, got I, he got some votes, right, last year? 
no time to prep for that, so I just uh, kind of threw that out there. But uh, yeah, I mean, it's not? a homer. It's a homer Why answer, not? but hell, Why he's not? good. I think uh, Boudelier there, Marcus. He was trying to tell me that, um, or that uh, you know, the nurse contract was worse than the than the uh, Suzuki contract. Which mm. I I said uh, my response to him was nobody in their right mind would trade uh, Darnell Nurse for Nick Suzuki. Uh, all right, uh, Ryan, you're up. You know the guys. You've got uh, the Hart. That's the easy one. Calder, Vesna, and Norris. By the way, if if the Hart is not an easy answer for any of you, you're not allowed <laughs> back on the show. Just, <laughs> just as a, just as a, although I, I decide did, Connor and Leon. <laughs> yeah. Okay. All right. All right. All right. <laughs> there were a couple like, uh, Friedge there, Friedman. He, he picked McKinnon for the Hart trophy, by the way. Uh, just, just note that, note that today, guys. All right. So, uh, Ryan, you're up, you're on. All right. Easy choice for the Hart. It's Connor's world and everyone else is just living in it. Um, the call there, I'm going to go a little off the board with that one. I'm thinking Jonathan Dolan from the Sharks. The last two years in Sweden have been dynamite. He's going to be on the line with uh, Logan Couture and Timo Meyer to start the year. So I'm looking for a big year out of him. Norris, I'll say Hedman. And Vesna, I'll say Vasilevsky. Right under the wire. Man, that's pretty good. And Hedman and Vasilevsky, those are pretty solid choices you're not going to go wrong with those guys dash you got it easy i mean you can just pick and choose from these guys what you uh what you think uh, just scramble up there dog's breakfast <laughs> that's right that's right all right dash you're on the clock go uh connor mchart um for the calder i i like trevor zegers out of anaheim i don't think they got a lot to score with there and somebody's got to score goals uh, Vesna, hmm. I think Vasilevsky is too easy to be honest. Um, I'm going to go back with the year before's winner in Connor Hellebuck. I think the Jets are going to have a, a decent bounce back here. And for the Norris, uh, Cole McCarr, I think he's going to dominate. Whoa, McCarr. I think that's, uh, that's a pretty good one. I mean, the, the kid just keeps, keeps getting better and better. You know, you know what? There are some, um, Dursa, you picked, obviously you picked Nurse, which is not a bad choice, but there are some really good defensemen in the league right now, right? I mean, you can't go wrong. Like, I mean, Hedman is an easy, safe choice, but you got Hedman, you got Fox, you got McCarr, right? Like all those guys, Nurse, right? And Nurse is, is probably lower lower on that uh, for most people than, but he's right up there. I mean, he had a hell of a season, obviously. He he um, he deserves some mention. So anyway, that's um, that's pretty awesome. Makar though, I I actually kind of put him out of my head, and uh, he's outstanding. All right, we're gonna talk uh, some teams uh, where those guys are going. We started with uh, Durst last time, so Ryan, you're gonna be up. Uh, who do you figure is going to be the top Canadian team this year in terms of points? In terms of points, um, I've got between two teams. That's our hometown Oilers and Dash's Jets. I, I'm going to give the nod to Edmonton here because of, we play in an easier division with some lowly California teams that we can beat up on this year, whereas the 
competition's a little tougher in the central. So I'll take the Oilers. Right on. Yeah. Oilers are a good choice. I, so there's two things I've noticed about the uh, show tonight. We are definitely an Oilers Homer uh, show. So, you know, we love our Oilers. And then the second thing is we clearly hate the Leafs. <laughs> They're not getting any love in this room, let me tell you. All right, Dash, you are up a top Canadian team tonight. For the season, rather. Uh, the Leafs have uh, average goaltending. They can't get past. They uh, don't have enough la- uh, defensive depths and they get injuries to austin matthews this season so they fall off it's almost the jets but i can't agree with ryan anymore Uh, i think uh they got a tougher division uh the oilers can bounce around and in the pacific and have a little bit of an easier go and and we've got the regular season figured out so well i think ryan took the oilers so you didn't uh disagree with them there so, no, I said I couldn't agree with him. Oh, you could. I, I couldn't agree with him. More is what I meant to say. Oh, okay, sorry. <laughs> I, I, all I heard was you couldn't agree with him, but that's what I'm hoping for. I'm hoping for a little bit of, <laughs> a little bit of conflict. All right, Durs, you're up. Top Canadian team. It's clear you only have one choice. Uh, you're on the clock. Your 2021-22 Pacific Division champion, Edmonton Oilers. Pacific Division champion. What about President's Trophy? Can they get that far, <laughs> Durst? <laughs> uh, don't put that evil on me. I don't want the President's Trophy curse. <laughs> Does anybody think they're capable? Yeah, yeah I do. Yeah. Of, of yeah. President's, President's Trophy? Yeah. Uh, I think the goaltending is suspect when it comes to that. Yeah. Yeah, I, I think mean, our goaltending uh, can be average or above average enough for a regular season. I think Tippett knows how to coach a regular season. Uh, I think Connor and Leon know how to get to the end of a regular season by this point. Um, I think Tampa Bay is going to take a, take a step back. And really, if, if it can't be one of those two teams, maybe it's Colorado, but I'd say the Edmonton Oilers have a shot, absolutely. Yeah, the Avs definitely have a shot at it. I'm curious. I mean, um, the Flames almost did it a couple of years back, right? <laughs> so, if, I mean, if they can get close. And our uh, division's getting worse. With, John, with Johnny Goudreau. <laughs> oh, man. <laughs> Jeez. All right, all right, all right, all right. We're going to go... Uh, we're going to go with, now, uh, your Dark Horse team, i.e. the team that you think might make a splash that nobody's expecting this year. And then in the same question, who's the team that you think will be the biggest disappointment this year? We're going to start with Dash on this one. Uh, Dash, you're on the clock. Uh, every part of me wanted to say the Chicago Blackhawks. I, I think I, you know, getting uh, Kirby Doc back, getting uh, Taves back, as well as uh, the Vesna winning goaltender. That's three pretty big acquisitions. And Patrick Kane's always dangerous, and Debrin Gatz always dangerous. But the more I kept looking, it was the LA Kings. I, I really like what they did in the offseason with Arvidsson and Lemieux and and Daniel. And Kopitar's always dangerous. McClellan's a good coach. <laughs> Oh man, you got through the dark horse, but you didn't get uh, a chance to to get to your um, your biggest disappointment. Of course, the LA Kings could be both, I guess, right? Oh, I didn't know I was supposed. To, <laughs> I, I was supposed to do both there. Yeah, okay, bad. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's all right. We'll never know. Although you can throw it in quickly if you want. I make the rules. 
my biggest disappointment, I think, is going to be the Columbus Blue Jackets. I think there's a lot of teams, there are people looking at them to make some um, improvements and and maybe Liney and Voracek will, but I'm not sure. All right. We got uh, Robert on YouTube, by the way, says LA Kings can make a splash in Seattle will underachieve. Actually, hadn't really considered Seattle, and uh, it depends on what you think they're capable of achieving this year, whether you consider that underachieving or not. Dursa, you are up, you're ready, and you're on the clock. Yeah, um, for my dark horse team, I'm, I'm definitely going to take the Chicago Blackhawks. I think there's been a significant change there, and uh, they're going to... I don't know if they're really going to surprise anybody, but they're going to be a whole lot different than they were um, last season. Their record is going to improve dramatically. And biggest disappointment, I think... Uh, you know, I think the the guy on top of the the mountain is going to take a bit of a fall here in that game, uh, uh, Golden Knights. All right. Well, you were over there. I mean, you guys aren't very good at this game, let me tell you. <laughs> You're 0 for 2 on this one. 0 for 2. Ryan. Ryan, come on. Uh, how about you redeem us here? And uh, so, uh, Mike, you said uh, the Golden Knights? Are you going to be the biggest disappointment? Yeah, I mean, everybody thinks they're going to win uh, their the division, and uh, I think yeah. they've made made some mistakes in in like uh, get, getting rid of Flurry there. I think that's going yeah. to hurt them more than they know. I think there is definite potential for them to be. Yeah. All right, uh, Ryan, uh, you are on the clock. Yeah, I'll try to be better time wise here. But uh, so Dark Horse teams, I like the Jets a lot. Um, I've got them in the last couple of years, and they've proven me wrong. So I'll go that way. Uh, disappointments, I've got a couple here. Toronto, screw Toronto. They've got all these like third-line guys, fourth-line guys, and like bunting and camps that they're trying throwing spaghetti at the wall with. And Carolina, lose Hamilton. <laughs> Oh man, you guys! Not a one of you could make it under the wire. <laughs> like, I think the biggest disappointment for me is this team right here. <laughs> Just kidding. <laughs> no, I love you guys. <laughs> Around us, Tortini hugs for everybody. All right, all right, we got uh, we got that. So you, sorry, you had uh, Toronto and you had Carolina as your biggest disappointment. Yes, sir. Does anybody have Boston? Like, I kind of, like, I think Boston has a chance to, you know, disappoint, especially given, like, the division they're in. And, you know, I mean, there's, uh, like, Florida's going to look really good, Tampa Bay, Toronto, and then you got some good teams coming out of the Metro. I don't know. I mean, but I, I'm kind of, I'm with you, Durst. I think the Golden Knights are, are the the team that could potentially be the biggest disappointment. Um uh, this year. All right. We're moving on. So we started that one with uh, Dash. We're going to do this one with Durse. We have, uh, so remember, you got 30 seconds and you got two questions, just if we weren't clear last time, Dash. Um, <laughs> you got, we got, uh, who's the first coach that's going to be fired and who's the first GM that's going to be fired. Dursa, you are on the clock. So first coach 
to be dismissed is going to be DJ Smith. And the first GM, if there's a GM fired this year, will be Brad Trent living in Cowtown. All right. Wow. Way under, way under 15 seconds. Time left. Ryan, you're on the clock. All right. Uh, first coach fired. I'm going to stay in Alberta, but obviously go with Daryl Sutter. I think the game has passed him by, and I was very confused as to why they hired him. I don't expect the Flames to be any good this year. So, yeah, Sutter out, and I'm going to agree with Mike and say Tree Living out as well. Dramatic here in Calgary, and I'm going to laugh and laugh, and I'm going to laugh some more. I'll let you go over if you want to laugh a little bit more for... And more, and more. <laughs> all right. All right. I, f- I figured we could all agree that was worth going over for. All right, Dash, you are up and you're on the clock. My coach in the hot seat is uh, Alain Vigneault. I think the Flyers have taken a few uh, bits of a step back in the last few seasons, and uh, he's potentially coming under some scrutiny uh, with some accusations. And I think as some of that stuff starts to bubble up, it's going to be interesting. Uh, I also wanted to say Trey Living, but I think the Flames will be okay this year. I think it's the Canucks that are going to disappoint, and I think it's Jim Benning that's uh, on the line there. And uh, so not a soul uh, picked Bergevin. Hey, I think he's... uh I think he's. Are we are we allowed to pick Chiarelli in St. Louis? (laughs) 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 Well, you know... Oh man, don't get me going on St. Louis. Like what Sorry. kind of a <laughs> what kind of a franchise takes all of your pickings from the decade of darkness and starts like figuring that this is going to lead to anything good? Like maybe I don't know. Is there uh well there's you know a few good first rounders coming up. Maybe they're um maybe they're making a a play at like the next Connor or something like Connor it's Bedard. the same franchise that O'Reilly, Tarasenko, and Peter Angelo walked away from. So yeah, I, I mean, wow, it's crazy. Anyway, all right, all right. I yeah, I kind of think. Um, I mean, Bergevin uh, is is on the hot seat, and I and I think if Sutter's to go, it's because Trey Living Trey Living went first. So that's fair. Um, yeah, I, like I, I just think uh, Trey Living's the first to go, uh, and then it would be Sutter, uh, whoever's um, in there. All right, who will we start that one with? We started with uh, Ryan? Or no, Durst. We started with Durst, so we're going to start this one with Ryan. Uh, this is an easy one. You guys don't need the uh, 30 seconds. Are the Kraken going to make the playoffs this year? I am going to say yes. They'll they'll get one of the wild card spots simply because they're going to beat up on the terrible California teams. All right, right on. That'd be uh, a success for the Kraken. Dash, they're going to make the playoffs this year. I don't think so, to be honest. I'm not sure they're going to be able to score enough goals to win enough games to get there. Their defense will be good. Their goaltending should be okay. Um, but I think that wild card spot will be open to a team that's had a bit more experience together, like Calgary or somebody like that. All right. Dursa. Kraken. Uh, yeah, I don't think they're going to beat up really on anybody, but I think they'll be good enough to get into the playoffs, squeak in. I don't think they're, like Dash says, I don't think they're going to score a lot of goals, but because of the division being uh, a little bit suspect, they'll make it in. Yeah. 
I um I I don't agree with any of you. I don't think they'll make it in at all. I I mean I'll be surprised. Of course they said that about Vegas first year they were in. In fact, I probably said it like 10 times and I even probably said it 2 days before the season ended that year. It was all kind of hopeful that they'd fall apart. I didn't think they'd get past the first round. I didn't think they'd get past the second round. So on and so forth. Oh, man, I hate Vegas. I, I, You know what? I almost hate Vegas as much as I hate Calgary. I don't know what it is, but like I hate that franchise, and I hate that the people there expect that they're going to make take it to the Stanley Cup every year. Like that's the quickest the fan base has really started to irritate me. <laughs> All, right. All right, so I said it. Was that out loud? Is that there, there's a there's an arrogance with management there that like an air of entitlement. It's there's an air of entitlement there already, and they're brand freaking new. Like that's yeah. that's the that's the part that irritates me. Oh man! All right, we could do a whole episode on that. I'd I'd love it. We started with uh, Lotsburg last time, right? So we're gonna start with uh, Dash. This one's a. I I think this is a good question, and and we've been. Um, for those that haven't gone yet, we're, we're doing a Heavy Hockey Network. You can go to heavyhockey.com. Lots of exciting things uh, planned and happening. I uh, haven't talked to you guys yet, but I'm going to do some stuff around uh, maybe, you know, what the current odds and betting are out, right, uh, out now and, and um, you know, maybe have some guys doing what their uh, parlays are going to be, et cetera. Maybe you guys do that. I don't know. We'll see. Um, of course, Dash, you're talking about doing some fantasy stuff as well, because we think that's a big deal and, and it should be a lot of fun. So this one uh, is if you're going to take um, outside of McDavid, because he's the obvious one, who are you going to take second in your fantasy draft? Dash, you are on the clock. Well, if you can't take Batman, you take Robin. Um, I think those guys are going to start the season on the same line um, and potentially play 50-some games together on the same line as well as uh, dominate the best power play potentially in the history of hockey. I, I think it's a pretty easy choice for me, and I take Leon Dreisaitl. All right. I think that's as good a choice as any, and, and uh, like you said, if they're going to play together. Uh, Dursa, you're up outside of McDavid. Who are you taking second? Yeah, if, if I'm picking a player, it's Leon Dreisaitl as well. I think he's, uh, you know, put himself in that two hole as as uh, second best player in the league. Second best player in the league, man. This is uh, this is definitely a Homer Homer episode here. All right, we've got uh, who's won more Hart trophies, McKinnon or Dreisaitl, Michael? It's not the <laughs> it's not that Homer of a pick, really. Like we've got the we've got the juice, buddy. <laughs> the, second, I look. I agree. I think he's the second best player, but <laughs> there's nobody nobody outside of Edmonton wants to admit to that, right? Like they it's don't. True. They oh, do not. Ryan might surprise us. In fact, in, in NHL.com. By the way, I've got a little bit of an echo going, so I don't know who's got the speaker going. But anyway, uh, NHL.com finally had uh, Dreisaitl up to number three from, what did they have him at, like 15 a couple of years ago or some stupid shit like that. Like the year he, the year after he got the uh, 50 goal, one of two players to get 50 goals, right? 
least talked least about talk- 50 goal scorer in the history of the NHL right there. All right, Ryan, All you're, right, up. Ryan you're up. I can't really disagree with the dry settle pick, but just for the sake of making this a slightly more interesting conversation for everybody, I will throw Nikita Kucherov's name into the ring. I think he's the only other guy in the league that can come close to competing with that kind of firepower. All right. All right. So I, why, where's the echo coming from? Which of you guys is the culprit here? One of you. I'm looking. I'm going to go on the limit and say it's probably me. <laughs> All right. All right. Well, hey, you know what? It's fun having you on. <laughs> I think it might have went away now. Uh, yeah, we'll, yeah see. we'll see. No, it's still there. I'm still getting a little bit of an echo. All right. It's not the worst thing in the world. Plus, I love to hear myself speak, so it's all good. All right. Uh, next question. We started with uh, Dash that time. We're going to start with you, Dersa. Uh, who is your X Factor in this year's Fantasy Draft? Dersa, you're on the clock. Yeah, I'll, I'll go with another Edmonton Oiler, uh, Jesse Pugliarvi. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Wow. This is like, we might as well just insert Euler name here tonight. All right, Brian, you are up. You're on the clock. I'm going to go with Nikolai Ehlers. I think watching him last year, he took his skating up to a whole other level. He's infinitely more confident with the puck than he ever has been. The kid can absolutely snipe. So, yeah, I think Ehlers is my guy. All right. You know what? I I like Ehlers. I mean, uh, I'm not a Winnipeg Jets fan, obviously, but man, that guy's good, right? You, that's a good um, a good choice. I'm not sure I'd even go X Factor though. I think a lot of people are on to him. Uh, Robert on YouTube says Bouchard. Hell, if he if he got any power play time, he'd definitely be on there. All right, Dash, you're up. You're on the clock. Yeah, Bouch bombs would need the power play time. I would agree. Uh, I like both those picks. I think both those guys will uh, outplay their value in in you know a, a fantasy type of league. I, I'll give you two. I'll give you a deep sleeper. I like uh, Jared McCann in Seattle. I think somebody has to score there, and and he's got some upside. Um, I like Liney this year with a new coach and uh, Brad Larson, and playing alongside with Voracek. I hear they've got some chemistry. Um, and on the D, I like Spurgeon. He had uh, 19 points and nine power play points in the last 26 games last year. And I think Minnesota will be better this year, too. You're way over as I was trying to find the search for Echo. I gave you like probably an extra 10 seconds there. I think it is you, uh, Ryan. By the way, I put you on mute for a second there. So maybe I'll, uh, you're going to have to unmute when you talk, Ryan, but I'll just get you to mute. When um, when we're up, if you don't mind, if you if you got that uh, capability there, uh, I think I can. All right, good. You're muted now. All right, all right. Uh, so we started with uh, we started with uh, Dursa last time, I guess. Ended with Dash. So it's going to be Ryan. We're going to be starting with you. You're going to have to unmute before you. Before you go this time, for sure. Of course, I say my most brilliant things when I'm on mute. We're going to switch over to Oilers. This is a three-part question. 
You got 30 seconds. Use your time wisely because this is a big one. My guess is an awful lot there. I know. I know. I know. I'm guessing. I I actually made this one particularly hard just so I could use the bullhorn a couple times. Yeah. All right. So, how many points for McDavid? How many points for Dreisaitl? And who's going to finish third in points on the Oilers this year? Ryan, you are on the clock. Well, I'm learning to never doubt McDavid. I'm going to put him over the 150-point plateau. I'm going to put him at 152. I'm going to put Dreisaitl at 127 which is ridiculous to think about having two guys over 125. But anyway, third on the team, I'm going to go Tyson Berry. Tyson, Tyson Berry. Berry. Love it. Love All right, I'll get right, you to I'll put yourself, to put on, yourself mute on, now. on mute now. Uh, Dash, you think you – I mean, he made it under the wire in 30 seconds. Uh, pressure's on. I'm not sure what the punishment is if you don't make 30 seconds. I mean, you'd probably just you get, talk over me anyway. I'd have to put you on mute. <laughs> just you can punish me by putting me on a podcast with Mike Dursa. <laughs> there you go. There you go. Yeah, you might be stuck with him. That might be a full-time gig. All right. Boy. Mr. Dash, you are on the clock. I love the ambition Ryan took. Uh, I'm just not sure Connor can keep that type of pace up over 82 games. Um, I knock on wood that, you know, he can stay healthy and, and do it. Uh, uh I'm going to trend down a little bit closer to, I think about 140 points for Connor. Uh, that said dry sidle plan shotgun with him. I think he can probably get to the 120 point plateau. And, uh, I made my prediction on 99 forever. It'll be Jesse play RV. Nice. Nice. He's getting a lot of love this year. I mean, like a lot of love. Even Stoffer really and uh, Spectre were like, man, they were all over that today, I thought. Uh, all right. Dursa, I've, I've given you lots of time to think about this. You got to listen to Ryan. You got to listen to Dash. It's pretty much like cheating. I mean, I could have given you my answers. Who knows? Uh, Dursa, you're on the clock. I think we're in for a year for the record books um, in the modern era. I think Connor hits 160 points, almost two points a game. Uh, Leon Dreisaitl, 120 points. And I'm going to go with Tyson Berry coming in at third with 65 points. Not bad. I like it. I like it. Uh, I, I don't think there's any doubt in my mind that Tyson Berry is going to be part of that, like up there in that third. Okay, guys, this is kind of, I'm going to put you all on screen right now because I, I want to talk about this before we move on. We've got a couple more Oilers questions before we're done here, but um, Spectre and Stoffer were talking about this today and kind of made me think because Stoffer, you know, Stoffer, Stoffer's about as big a homer as anybody <laughs> and uh, love him or hate him. I mean, I like, I he's yeah. he's definitely uh, loves the Oilers. Uh, he's talking to Spectre about, and, and, you know, I, I actually, again, I mean, I, and I say love him or hate him because Spectre can be a polarizing guy in Edmonton. Uh, but he's actually a good balance for Stoffer. Like when I like, when I listen to those two, like Stoffer will say something and Spectre will put him in line, you know, and, and so Stoffer was getting all excited about the potential of having like 10, 50 goal scorers on the Oilers this year. 
Um, I mean, does anybody uh, like? Do you guys think, given what Tippett's you know tipped his hat on having uh, Drysaitel and McDavid playing on a line for sounds like at least every home game? Do you guys think these guys like Hyman will get you know the twenty-five to thirty goals that we were hoping for and wanting? Puliyarvi should right if he's going to stick on that line. But uh, some of the other guys, like you know, maybe Nuge, right, or Yamo, right. If they're clearly they're not going to be playing their full time with uh, Drysaddle this year, like what do you guys? This is kind of off. Like, give me uh, a thought. How many twenty uh, plus goal scorers on the Oilers this year? And this was not prepared. Five twenty plus goal scorers, uh, but nobody gets to thirty other than Connor and Leon, and they both have surpassed forty. Wow. Ryan? And the others are Nuge, Hyman, and... Um, Pugliarvi. Ryan? Yeah, for me, I I fully expect Nuge and Hopkins to do it. Like, I don't know what was happening with him at 5-on-5 five five last year, but I don't expect that sort of awful puck luck or whatever it was to continue. So I think Nuge gets there. I think if Hyman's not going to be playing with McDavid and Paul Yarby on that top line, I don't know if he will get there. So I'm thinking, yeah, Paul Yarby, I'll, I'll go four. I'll four? Go McDavid, Dreisaitl, Paul Yarby, and Nuge. Anybody think Perlini? He's <laughs> 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 getting 82. <laughs> it's on pace. Yeah. yeah. All right. Uh, Dursa. Yeah, I think we're going to have six 20 goal men and a seventh guy right on the verge, and that's going to come from the back end, uh, surprisingly, but, well, I think he'll be close to a 20 goal man from the blue line. All right. Well, you actually answered uh, kind of my other question, if if you thought maybe a defenseman would do it. Um, I wonder if any of them are going to be close, right? Like if Barry or, or Nurse will be close. And I'm curious. I mean, this again, these aren't in the um, – in the questions that I gave you guys, but uh, I mean, how many is is Boosh good for this year, right? Like, if he uh, he's the he's got the kind of shot, right, that may just start going in. And you're going to be chalking him up like you are strikes at the on the backfield, right? I'll call Boosh for I'll call Boosh for Baker's dozen. Yeah, right on. Yeah. I like it. I like it. All right, guys, we're going to move on. we got a couple more questions, and we uh, we can sit and chat for a bit. Uh, oh, I've got uh, Amy says, watch out for Fogel. And uh, yes, if he, Perlini, yes, if he plays on the power play. All right. I, I, uh, I mean, if Perlini, uh, Perlini seems to have a knack for putting the puck in, at least early on, we'll see. If you're talking to Jim Matheson, uh, so did Tyratty, yeah. So did Tyratty. Amy's saying Maroon 2.0. Could be. Could be. I hope you're right. I hope you're right. All right. Uh, who do we start with last time? We started with Ryan. So, Dash, I think you're up. Dash, question to you. This you can take any which way. I expect you guys to probably take up the whole 30 on this one. Who is going to be the Oilers' starting goalie 
in the playoffs this year? Uh, my, when I wrote down my notes, I wrote down Anton Kudobin, but I honestly, I think that Ken Holland's just going to let it ride this year. Um, he could have made some moves in the off season and he, and he didn't. Um, I think he expects to see improvements from, from the AHL. Um, so there's a, a wait and see there and, and maybe some moves he can make this off season. So I think it's Mike Smith. All right. Just under the wire. Um, I, We'll see. I'm kind of curious about that, but you might, uh, he's kind of shown that sort of patience, right? With everybody. So you may, you may very well be right. Dursa, you're up, you're on the clock. Yeah. I wish I could say there's a blockbuster John Gibson deal coming, but, uh, I think it's Mike Smith. All right. One of the questions I was going to ask is, um, if you thought the Oilers would trade their first, uh, first round pick this year. And I think, uh, the answer is no. If we're not getting a goalie, then uh, what's the point, right? All right, uh, Ryan, uh, you are up. You're on the clock. Yeah, I agree with uh, both of you guys. I would say that it's going to be Mike Smith. I don't think there's much out there in the rental trade deadline goalie market anyway, aside from maybe Kudobin, but I think Holland will sit on his hands. I mean, like Mike Smith hasn't been the problem in the playoffs the last two years. And he was Calgary's best player in the postseason three years ago now, right? So last year, we couldn't score. Year before that, couldn't defend. Goalie's fine. All right. Well, Sorry, yeah. Well, yeah. You made it just, made under, it the just wire. under the wire. All right. All right. Guys, we're, uh, we're down to the final question. And uh, you've done a good job so far. One, you kind of uh, have answered this, uh, sort of, but the, here's the big uh, big question. I didn't realize until I read um, Gregor had an article out on um, Oilers Nation that the Oilers actually hold the, um, the current uh, record for like 34 years for a Pacific division or for a division lead, right? Let me just let me uh, confirm this because I didn't. Um, yeah, it's been 34 years since the Oilers finished first in their division, uh, and um, it uh, is the longest division-winning drought in the NHL, followed by the New York Islanders, who haven't led since 1988. So both of those could uh, could change this year. Uh, but this uh, leads us into our last question. How many points are the Oilers going to finish with? And uh, where do you see them uh, finishing in the division? I think, Dursa, we're up with you first. And if we're not, we are now. Uh, you're on the clock. Yeah, I'm going to go with uh, 104 points and finishing second in the division um, in the Western Conference behind the Colorado Avalanche. Uh, what about the division? Sorry. The Pacific. First in the division? Yeah, we win yeah. the division. We win the division? All right. Yeah. First time in forever. Yeah. Yeah. 34 years. That's a, that's a long freaking time. That's hard to believe. I mean, it doesn't feel like that long. We were damn close before... Uh, uh, COVID kind of stripped us from that glory. I, like it could have gone down to the wire that season. It's hard to say. I, I mean, it looked like Vegas was running away with it, but 
All right, Ryan, you are up and you're on the clock. Okay, so this year I'm going second in the division. I'll put them over 100 points. I'll give them 101. Um, I'm going to go out on a limb for next year. I think next year is the year that they break that streak. Like this year, there's still going to be some learning curve, like some growing pains with this group since it's newly formed. Like so many newcomers with Keith and CC, Fogo, Ryan. I think next year is the year that we see them take that leap over things. Well, shit, I don't shit, even I have, don't to, even invite have to invite you on the season preview season next year now. No. <laughs> <laughs> you still get, the, still invite. get the invite. All right, Dash. Uh, you are up, sir, and you're on the clock. Well, I said I had the Oilers winning the division, so I'll, I'll give them that. I think uh, probably about 100 points can do it, maybe a record around 45-27 or 45-25 and 10, somewhere in there. Um, and then I'll use the rest of my time to ask Dursa who's scoring all these goals for the Oilers. If both Connor and Leon are going over 40, you've got four other guys over 20. you got Baker's dozen for... Uh, Boosh, you must have some for Barry and Nurse. Are we scoring 350 goals this year? Well, I'm going to oh. let that go because now we're uh, we're in open mic time here. Durst. <laughs> let it fly, man. I, uh, you know what? He's he's right. I'm kind of that's some wishful. Okay, what do you got? What do you got? You got Mc, you got McDavid and Dry over 40. Oh uh, yeah. Okay, who else is in your 20 with Hyman, Pugliarvi, and uh, who's in your 20? Who's 20 plus? Yeah, so I'm going to go with Nuge, Yamamoto, Puliarvi, and Hyman. So all, they, top, all, all top six are knocking it out of the park, kids. We're scoring goals this you year. You got Yamo? I don't, know, I don't know how many we're letting in, but we're scoring goals this year. <laughs> how do you, what do you got, Barry and Nurse at each? Uh, I'm going to go with Darnell Nurse at 15 and Tyson Barry at about, uh, say, 17. Wow. And Bush at about 13. And and I think Nurse would be a twenty goal man if he got power play time. What's yeah, your... you got the Oilers that over of three hundred goals by the time they've even put two lines on the ice. This is optimistic. Where we go? Nineteen eighty. Nineteen eighties back, baby. <laughs> if they, you know what, Dash, if they call penalties like they're supposed to this year, <laughs> power, power, power play is going to be lights out. Yeah. Lotsburg, it sucks that you got to take yourself off mute every time, but uh, you got positive Tuesdays, Jess. <laughs> <laughs> oh, it's all good, but uh, yeah. If the question's twenty goal scores, I might add Hyman to my list of four that I originally said. But uh, yeah, I agree with Mike. Maybe Nurse is just short. Barry has a chance to get there with most of the most powerful time. That's where I'll keep it. Yeah, I, yeah, I, mean, I mean, if the, if the uh, uh, if the Oilers get as many uh, power plays as as they should get, given the new rules, then, I mean, Dursa, you probably you might be underestimating, but we'll see what happens. How long does that cross-checking uh, rule stay in place the way it's supposed to be called? I don't know. I mean, that's the um, that's the big thing. Everybody's. I mean, as we have been. I remember when hooking first came into the league, right? Like the like not first came into the league, but then they were going to call the clutch and grab, and they called it during that preseason, and nobody knew what the hell they were calling anymore. And by about four four or five games into the season, you never saw another one that 
that same season. I completely expect that uh, this year. I didn't realize, um, and maybe I just willfully didn't realize, but Connor in eight playoff games has not had a single penalty drawn. Has not seven. drawn seven. Because Chicago was a three-game series. Oh yeah, the last seven, the last seven playoff games, there has been zero, zero penalties drawn. Penalty drawn. There should have been about four or five in that Winnipeg series, but there were none actually called. Yeah, it's unreal, right? Like I don't know how. Like I don't know. So here's an interesting thought. I'm taking a lot from uh, Stoffer Inspector today. It was probably the last thing I listened to actually before the show tonight. But I'm kind of like, do you think that this, um, you know, new uh, new deal with um, uh, with the TV broadcast rates in the U.S. and having uh, Gretzky and Messier on there, do you think they can affect any change that um, the local broadcast uh, Sportsnet can, isn't obviously able to do? They haven't been able to put any pressure on on the NHL so far. What do you guys think about that? I think anytime Gretzky's name's on anything, it's probably going to sell. Um, the Americans know that name. So just be nice to have that uh, ESPN brand build so that we can pump more money into the league and, and be able to expand the salary cap a little bit. Yeah. Yeah. That'd be, uh, that'd be good for the Oilers. Good for Montreal. Who's paying a lot of money. <laughs> I'm gonna go. Actually, I'm just getting on this Nick Suzuki thing because it seemed to got to get a couple of Habs guys so all riled up. By the way, I don't think the Nick Suzuki um, signing is altogether all that bad. I mean, you got eight years. You still got him one year on the entry level, and then he goes in just under eight million, which seems crazy. But if you consider the salary, uh, you know, caps going up. You got him for eight years. I just, to me, and I, and and maybe this is a good topic of conversation. It seems a little bit high risk to get a guy that's twenty two years old. He's played one hundred and twenty six or one hundred and twenty seven games in the league. Granted, prorated, he might have made sixty points last season, right? But he's not the leader. And I like I know we could discuss this tonight, uh, but I don't think he's the leader that you know, Brady Kachuk is, or some of these guys. Like, I just, I don't feel like Nick Suzuki's the guy that's going to be leading your team to the Stanley Cup again, right? You're paying him, you know, top dollar. Uh, does anybody like this signing? I think if you take all the number one centers in the NHL and you throw them in a bucket, probably $8 million shakes out about where Nick Suzuki's worth, Michael. I think he's a first-line center. He's a first-line power play. Uh, Christian Dvorak has no chance of taking that role in the first line. So, I mean, you know, he's not the highest-paid first-line center, but he's not the lowest-paid either, and that's about where he'd fall in my mind. Is he a first-line center on most teams? Probably a third of the teams, and you know where does eight million fall in ranking with all the first line center salaries? Yes, you know you look at McDavid and Drysital and and Crosby, and you know all those guys have the higher salary. He's not getting Nate McKinnon's six million dollar a year money, but that'll change. But you know, ultimately, I'd I'd say it's about you know maybe it's a half a million high, but I don't think it's outrageous. Yeah, all Brady, right. Brady Brady Kachuk isn't a he's a winger. 
Yeah, he's a winger, but he's also wearing the C, right? Like, you know, I mean, that, that's a guy that's, uh, you know, he's a leader. He play, He plays, he doesn't just play a game that uh, puts points on the board, right? Like, he uh, he gets in there. He mixes it up. He's, you know, if he had a good um, good cast of, of support, I think he'd be, you know, a lot higher point values than he did. He led his team in scoring, too. To me, that deals a little bit like uh, when we signed Hall, Everlay, and Nugel to $6 million deals. A little bit of wishful thinking, a little bit of hopefulness involved in it. And, and you know, good faith, I guess, try, trying to keep a player around. But uh, it's definitely not based on a track record. Uh, it, it's, you know. Well, I, you know, I mean, with Hall and Nuge, you got to remember, those guys were first overall, right? And then Eberle in his second season had something like seven. He was almost a point a game player, right? And he had right. thirty plus goals. I, I mean, I, I, you know, I looked at those contracts kind of because somebody brought it up that maybe that was the turning point for paying big entry level deals. The other thing you got to factor in, whether we love it or hate it in Edmonton, is there's a tax in Edmonton, right? So if you if you pay if you paid say Nick Suzuki eight million dollars a season. There's a million dollars tax on that for playing in Edmonton, right? The fans are, uh, I put in, in quotes when I said it, enthusiastic, uh, to say the least, right? I mean, when, when the best player in the world, when his parents are accosted at a restaurant, there's a bit of a tax that <laughs> goes on to that, right? Uh, when you're playing in the northernmost city with probably one of the worst travel schedules in the league, there's a bit of a tax on that. Right, um, you know, I, I, like, I love Edmonton. You guys know that, but there's a tax to play there. So I, I, I just think this, uh, that's not uh, really comparable. Go ahead, Durs. No, the sixteenth. Okay, the sixteenth highest paid center in the NHL makes eight million dollars. That's uh, Logan Couture, Ryan Johansson, Matt Duchesne money, and the twenty-fifth overall center in the league makes seven million dollars. All right. All right. I just, you know, is he, uh, is he your top center if you got Logan Couture? I don't know. Maybe, maybe not. I, I just, I'm, I'm not sold on Nick Suzuki. I think, um, and we know about this in Edmonton, right? We know about paying a guy for good playoff performance, <laughs> right? Don't we? I mean, if we're, we're the kings of oh, yeah. paying a guy for good playoff performance. And right now that's, that's where we're where the team is at with Nick Suzuki, right? Is good playoff performance. And hey, yeah. I look, I'm not against I'm not against the player. I like Nick Suzuki. I like the way he plays. I like watching him play. You know, You're just I, saying he's Sean Horkoff. Yeah, well, yeah, yeah, yeah. No. God no. <laughs> Holy shit, man. The whole Habs Habs organization is out to get me right now. You just put oh, wow. you just put a target on my <laughs> <laughs> well, all those overpaid playoff guys, right? Pisani and Horkoff, and now Suzuki's overproducing in the playoffs. So he's falling in line, man. I think Dashney's trying to. I think Dashney's trying to bring Blackhawks Twitter into this for the Pisani comment. Oh yeah, no doubt. <laughs> no doubt, Ryan. What's your thought on this? So with Suzuki, I, I'm, I'm, I agree with you in saying that he's probably not worth eight million dollars today. But I think there's a lot of information out there in regards to aging curves for kids. Like, 
kids are hitting their peaks at like 22 to 25 years old in that range, right? That's kind of these first entry level deals that kids are signing. So like Marner pushing $10 million, Rantanen pushing $10 million, like Brady Kachuk holding out the way he is, right? There, there's a lot of cases for young kids where they're getting these massive contracts then when they go into these UFA years, that UFA contract suddenly isn't the big contract for them anymore. That's a really good just, point. You kind of bring up a good point there because it used to be you had yeah. to play like 10 plus years in the league to get the big money. Now, now it comes sooner. Now yeah, it's about uh, whether a, a lot team of teams is... Go ahead, Ryan. Yeah, sorry. Like, what's happened to a lot of teams is like you saw it with like Lucic, like just dozens of examples out there. Like you sign that guy to that big contract at 28 years old and he's about to start declining, right? Yeah. So you're paying for past performance. Whereas with the strategy that Montreal just took on Suzuki, you're paying for future performance. It's a gamble. Yes. hundred percent, but long-term yeah. it might actually be smarter. So what's, I hear you. I mean, you guys are bringing up good points and I'm not, look, I'm not saying Suzuki's not worth it. I'm saying to me, it's a little bit high risk, right? And, Absolutely. and you know, if you don't risk something, there's no reward, obviously. So it's whether totally you believe agree. in the player, Michael, because, you know, you look at what the Oilers have done. Look at these bridge contracts, right? You, you, you give, well, yeah, so Dash, before you go, exactly, that's, that's my difference. next question. There's, there's a better example for this, and it's Pedersen. Right? Dry cycle versus nurse. They trusted Drysaddle. They believed yeah. in him, so they invested in him. They gave him a little more money than he was worth that year. And now look at that contract is one of the best, you know, value contracts out there. But we nurse, won, they, we won on nurse. They give a bridge deal to sure, but this last contract he's probably making a little bit more than he's worth, and it's because he took a couple of bridge deals. He outperformed his bridge deals, and if we'd have invested and believed in Darnell Nurse two years ago, we'd have been paying him six and a half. Yeah. If you wait too long, you got to pay them what they're worth at that time. And so you're, you're invested in Suzuki a little early, but I think it'll pay off. I agree with Ryan. So what's the better deal here, Pedersen or or uh, Suzuki? Well, better for who? <laughs> well, better for the be- – well, yeah, yeah. I mean, better better for the team. What's the better I, I think deal, the Montreal, right? I think the Suzuki deal is better for Montreal yeah. than the, yeah, the Pedersen too. deal is for Vancouver. Right. Me too. I think Patterson's uh, injury prone and, and Suzuki's a little more dribble. You know what I well, say? You're always allowed on my podcast and you always have the right to be wrong when you're on here. And so, <laughs> all right, Durst, you got something to say. What, what, what do you got? Yeah. Well, I think Montreal did something and they, they secured an investment for a long time. When you just keep rolling over these, these contracts for a year or two years, there's uncertainty there because it could go into free agency and you could, could risk losing the player. I mean, it was, and, and you could end up where you, you've handcuffed yourself. I mean, that was almost the case, I think, with Nurse. And, and uh, you know, now it, next year it becomes a problem with Yamamoto and, and Pugliarvi. Like, uh, oh, like exactly. this con- maybe, exactly. that's, maybe that's what's pissing me off about this contract is next year <laughs> it's really going to screw us over, right? Well, luckily, it's wingers. You know, it's wingers that we have to worry about. It's not another center. Our centers are good for a while here. So, let me ask you this, Michael: If Weber never plays another game and and Gallagher isn't there much longer, who's the next captain of the Montreal Canadiens? I just Suzuki. I don't know. May I don't know. May I maybe maybe it's him. I just think there's. Uh, Duran speaks French. I don't know yeah. <laughs> what matters. <laughs> yeah. I, you know, I said this too earlier today, which is um, I don't think Bergevin's going to be around long enough to see that contract <laughs> anyway. 
right? Like yeah. I'd be surprised if he's. Um, I I think he's kind of on the way out. And and what a great time to negotiate a contract if I'm, you know, Nick Suzuki. I think. Look, who's got the leverage here, right? You lost Kotkaniemi, right? And uh, and now, you know, as you said, he's the top center on the team, right? He's got to be making, he's got to make eight mil, right? It puts him, you know, puts him in line with top centers on any team. Who who cares if he's twenty two or whatever? That's right. It doesn't. But to me, right? And that's and that's, I guess, the point that I'm getting to is is on any other team, he might not be an eight million dollar a year center, right? On the on the Montreal Canadiens in a year where they lost Cut Kanyemi, the Shea Weber's out, Price is out indefinitely. He's an eight million dollar a year guy. He had all the leverage in this situation. There's uh, Bergevin really had nothing to do. I don't think Bergevin's around long enough to see this one play through. So why not sign the deal? Right, do the Chirelli thing and sign the deal. And if it works out, you're a genius and you saved your job for a couple of years. And if it doesn't, you're, you know, you, you're just going the route that you were going anyway. You mean do the Holland thing? He's the one handing out years like candy. <laughs> I, yeah, I mean, you know, look, I, I mean, he said it's his leverage. He said that's all he's got. People don't want to yeah. come to Edmonton. Then I'll give him the extra years and the more money. He said it. I think and here's the, here's the thing with Edmonton, right? And we, and we all know this is it's, it's always going to be a problem signing good contracts in Edmonton. I mean, it's still a problem, and we've got McDavid and Dreisaitl, right? Like, it's, look, you know, I almost think you got to be from Edmonton to understand what, you know, how great a city it is, right? You know, like, you know, if you've spent any amount of time there, you you kind of get it and you love it, right? And that's why, you know, there's players that stick around afterwards. But if you're if you're coming from wherever toronto and you're going to edmonton it just doesn't have the same cachet right or or whichever and and so and people know like i personally i love oilers fans because we're uh passionate about everything in fact i've i've watched oilers games just about everywhere i've been to a lot of different arenas and they always come out and they're always loud sometimes they're a little bit too loud but you know what i love it i love that we love our team but you know, as as people have hinted with Adam Larson, or hinted even with Koskinen, and uh, you know, it can be tough to be a, a fan, just like it can be a tough to be a fan in 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 um, Toronto. But the difference is, there's not a lot of guys that had Oilers pajamas growing up, right? There's a lot of guys that had Toronto Maple Leafs pajamas growing up. Uh, we've got some comments on YouTube, and and uh, sorry to keep you guys from uh, responding to what I just said there. <laughs> but hey, as the as the as the lead on this show, I can do whatever the hell I want. If I said something that really, you know, was uh, <laughs> was awful, I just say, "Oh, I know, we're moving on." All right, your show, you're the host. That's right. Bro. I get the last word every freaking time. It's great. Uh, all right, we got Jason on YouTube says uh, Koskinen should have a better year. He's got his family in town. He's playing for a new contract. He looks ready. He's played some preseason games, not like last year where there were no preseason games. Plus, Oilers fans are back at Rogers Place to cheer him on to succeed. What do you guys think about that? Koskinen will be in the KHL next year. Yeah, you think so? Yep. Okay, Durst, agree, disagree? Um, I think he's going to 
be more consistent than he was last year. I don't see him having a huge drop off. Um, I, I, I'm I'm looking forward to Miko uh, having a resurgent year in the in the orange and blue. Um, but I don't think he's an Edmonton Oiler next year. Yeah. Okay. Mr. Latsberg. Yeah, from what I was reading, he was doing a lot of work on his mental game this summer, which is huge because, like, the issue with Koskinen is it's the soft goals and it's the first or second shot of the game, right? That's the big thing, and that's mental. Like, he's got the talent to be an NHL goaltender, but not at $4.5 million and not as you come on back. So I don't think he'll be back next year either, just because of the contract situation and we need to upgrade, but I, I expect better than what he was last year. Yeah. So I, I'm kind of somewhere in the middle. I think uh, here's the thing is there is no winning as an Oilers GM and keeping Koskinen around because you can't trust what he's going to be the following season. Because we've had, you know, every every goalie in Koskinen, we've had the really shit guy that lets in the first four shots and we've had the the guy with the outstanding save percentage and, and uh, can take us through everywhere. I just, I think, you know, if you sign him for for a contract after this year, then you're, um, you know, you're looking at trouble when he doesn't perform, right? Like everybody will tell you, I told you so. And and while you can't be listening to the fans, I just don't think there's anything you can do there. We've got uh, Don on, on YouTube says, uh, driving around Ramsey Heights, smoking weed, blasting Elvis Presley is a good time. Not a lot of NHL players are doing that, but <laughs> but some might some might be. And uh, hey, who are we to argue? <laughs> whatever works. That's right. Whatever works. Uh, Rob on YouTube says, uh, "Can see Miko getting at least a nine ten save percentage this year." I sure as hell hope so. That's what I'm saying. That's my commentary. Actually, hoping both Miko and Mike are over nine fifteen. That would be great. We also have too many up and comers to keep both of them. Um, I, you know, guys, there's a, there's a question. So Robert brings that up. We have too many up and comers. Do you guys feel that any of the prospects are going to, uh, like I, I'm actually a big, uh, uh, I never get his name right. Konovalov. Konovalov. Thank you. I'm a big Konovalov fan. A lot of people question his, um, question his size, whether he can make it in the league, but I, I, you know, watching him play a couple of games, his positioning, his athleticism, there's a lot of good things. We'll see what happens in AHL. I don't believe Skinner's going to make the jump. Maybe he'll make, like, to a backup somewhere. I, d- I doubt it's going to be in Edmonton. In fact, I wouldn't be surprised if we see him traded away this year um, if the if Holland does make some moves on, on goaltending. Uh, what do you guys think? I mean, um, do you think we've got some up and coming uh, goalie prospects? Obviously, um, yeah, there's other guys in the, in the system, but anybody that can make that jump? I don't think so. I, I don't think Konovalov's an NHL caliber goalie to take the reins and be a starter. I think he could be a decent backup. Uh, you don't see many goalies in the NHL, six foot or under. Uh, Halak, a couple of guys, maybe Saros, like Saros in Nashville. Um, you know, Skinner was, uh, in junior was uh, average to above average. And it wasn't until he was traded to a powerhouse WHL team that he actually put up decent numbers. And it honestly wasn't until last year in the AHL that he put up decent numbers. And I think the AHL was pretty watered down last year because all the taxi squads were holding the best AHL players. He had guys like Bouchard and, 
uh, every team's two best players were up with the NHL. So yeah, I, I think point. that Skinner's not um, going to be that type of goalie. I, I saw him play some junior, and I just think he's he's not built for the NHL. Um, I think we make a move in the offseason. Uh, cap space will come up for um, some of our LTIR contracts, as well as, what is it, Sakaras maybe is free, or Lucic, I can't remember. Yeah, yeah, there's a couple coming off the books. Plus the Koskinen comes off, and, and then uh, we just go out and make a free agent move. That's my guess. Yeah. Yeah, I... Um... I, I I don't know if I agree on uh, Konovalov. I I think uh, there's a sh- there's a shot he could he could work out. We've got uh, actually uh, Sekra and uh, Lucic got um, an additional year left uh, before they come off the books. But um, I think we're talking goaltenders, and I, I think when you think about stuff coming off the books, you you do think about the Koskinen contract, which is a bit of a boat anchor just for how well he's played. Uh, what do you guys think, Ryan? What's your thought on the goaltending uh, prospects? I think it's probably a little early to be making final calls on those two. I think there's potential for it to go either way. Like, you, I mean, I'm really intrigued by Konovalov for sure. Uh, it's also valid that he's under six foot, and it's rare that those types of players succeed in today's NHL. Skinner's got the size, but uh, Dash had a lot of really good points too. This is why I was really upset when we traded back, <laughs> when we had the opportunity to sprint to the stage to pick Jesper Wallstead in the draft this year. Yeah. Now, he wouldn't have been ready in the next two or three years, but he would have been ready to go by the time David and Drysdale's contracts in. Right? So that might have been very helpful. And like he's, he has the potential to be a franchise goaltender. I can't say the same about Kanovalov or Skinner. No, Iserman and Holland got a lot of eyes in Sweden, and both of those guys passed on him. I got to trust those guys. There's got to be something up with well, Boston. and I, really, I truly believe that he never went as high as everybody thought he'd go, right? Like that. Um, uh, I don't. I yeah. can't disagree with Ryan. I think yeah. exactly what he said is true. I just there's there's got to be something up there. Those two guys don't pass on a goalie like that. It's totally fair. I think there's that stigma of uh, we shouldn't draft a goalie in the first round. I think there was a lot of that happening. But Iserman uh, still took Casa. You know, he, he was clearly yeah. okay to take a goalie in the first round, and he, he skipped the guy that played in Sweden under his scout's eyes. So, yeah. Yeah, totally fair. I mean, like, I've, I've only watched Wallstead yeah. play in one little junior, so, like, I don't have a ton of detail on him. But, yeah, ditto. Uh, yeah, it'll be 2020 vision. It'll be interesting to see how that one turns out because this will be one of those uh, scrutinized draft picks like the, the Barzell pick and such. Oh yeah. Well, we got a guy that's going to be uh, making a run for a Calder this year, and Spencer Knight as a goaltender, right? I mean, there are guys out there that can make the jump and and can no, be. We've good, seen more of it right? in the last yeah. couple of years than we have in a long time. Yeah. 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 Anybody the Rangers touches, really? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Well, honestly, no doubt. Yeah, Durst, your thoughts? Yeah, you know Skinner's last game there. I mean, we didn't exactly dress a, a very stellar lineup in the last preseason game and i i thought he held his own so uh you know i'm not going to write the guy off but i don't i don't think him or konovalov make the jump you know next season to be a starting goalie in the nhl i just i I don't see that um i think you know some more time uh playing professional hockey in north america will serve both of them well but i don't see them jumping into to a starting role and honestly, I think if, if we're going to improve next year over this year, Mike Smith has to go from the starting goalie in the Edmonton Oilers uh, franchise to the backup. So that delays exactly. those that delays those two, I think, another year. 
and you, we got to search for you know a true number one legit and that's going to come via trade so you might have to lose one of those two guys to, in that to make to make that happen well said we got um uh jason says skinner's an edmontonian i believe he'll do whatever it takes to be number one or two with the oil uh, you know what? I yeah, that's something to be said about that, but we'll see. We'll you see. do whatever it takes. It doesn't mean yeah. it's enough. Yeah, I, sometimes. Yeah, you're hundred percent right on that. There's um a lot of different, uh, a lot of comments, guys. Sorry, I can't get to all of you. I think we're about to wrap it up, uh, so I'm just going to say my kind of final words. I'm going to uh, let you go, Durst, and you dash, and um, Ryan. You're going to uh, end uh, with the final words tonight. You uh, you haven't been on the uh, show since um, since we uh, started the Heavy Hockey Network, and um, I want I do want to say because this is kind of a big uh, thing. This is our first season preview as part of the Heavy Hockey Network. I wish uh, Eric Friesen could have been here, and Zane, and and Spencer, and um, and Boomer, uh, Mevs, who's doing some of the media. Uh, really, really thankful for this uh, opportunity to do um, the Heavy Hockey uh, Network and some of the fun things we've got planned. Uh, for those that uh, don't get to see in behind the scenes, these guys have uh, some great ideas. I usually don't take them, and I take my own. But other than that, um, <laughs> no, no, I uh, I steal a little bit of uh, everybody's ideas, and we have um, have a lot of fun. Uh, my last words in terms of the season preview is: uh, I think the Oilers. Um, I think this is kind of like uh, the cusp year, um, and we see whether or not uh, this team is actually going to do something. And I really feel like if they don't you know, turn a legitimate corner this year, then there's a big problem and something needs to change, whether it's Tippett, you know, or Holland or whichever. Um, you know, I'm not a big fan of Tippett's and I'm, I'm also, we didn't talk about it tonight, but I'm not a huge fan of this idea about playing uh, Dreisaitl and McDavid together, whether it's on home ice or away or whatever. Really? I, I, um, I'd love to see this, uh, I'd love to see them open it up, and I, you know what? I'm all I'm all for putting those two together if it um, if it means uh, something in a game where you're down and you need to rack up the points. But anyway, we'll see. Um, you know, obviously, you know we don't get to choose who who gets to do what, and um, you know maybe Tippett uh, Tippett's got. Uh, Got the right idea, and and time will tell. I mean, obviously, those guys can um, those guys can put up big points, and and um, I'm just curious whether or not we'll get the performance out of the other lines when those guys are playing together, and uh, and and time will tell. Though, so that's that's that. Dare uh, say your final words. Well, I was tempted almost to make my dark horse team the Edmonton Oilers because I think we could uh, surprise a lot of uh, people this year. I think the the changes that have been made to the forward group um, really catapult this team in, into a, a different stratosphere that we haven't been in for a long time. I do think our, our back end has marginally actually improved. A lot of people think it's worse, but uh, I'm not there. I think, uh, you know, after a, a few games um, – that second pairing is going to show that they can they can tread water and do all right and and you know Tyson Berry's you know not going to get dogged as much this year as as he did years you know the last last year because Duncan Keith's here and he's the new whipping boy um, 
I don't know. I'm I'm excited to see them go tomorrow night, and uh, yeah, hopefully, uh, you know, we do one of these at the end of the year. And I was proven wrong with uh, who the cup winner it, that I picked was, and it's and it's us. But uh, let's get going tomorrow. All right. Thanks for that. Uh, there's uh, Dash. Uh, you're up. Your final words. Also excited for tomorrow. I think puck drop is going to be uh, <clears throat> exciting this year to see what we put together. That forward group is uh, something to behold. That power play is going to be fun to watch. <clears throat> I think uh, yeah, we can have another conversation. I'm all for 97 and, and 29 playing together, to be honest. I think that's uh, the closest thing to a guaranteed goal that you can have. So um, I'm all for that. I think this is our cusp year and that uh, we don't quite get there and it's a, it's a better year next year. Awesome. All right. Thanks for that, uh, Dash and Ryan. So here's how it works. You get the last word tonight. Once you say good night, I'm putting the end screen on and we're all going to shut up and uh, hopefully you guys stay around for a second or two on the uh, call and we can chat once we uh, put us offline. But um I'm going to wait to tell you say goodnight before I shut her down. Ryan, you're up. Okay, perfect. That is kind of echoing what everyone else is saying. This is the time is now, right? We've been waiting for this is year seven of Connor McDavid, and we're still just trying to get our feet wet in the playoffs. This is the year that we need to emerge as true Stanley Cup contenders in order for things to be. Otherwise, jobs are. Job, heads are rolling. <laughs> if uh, if things aren't happening this year, Tippett will be first to go. Holland gets one coaching change if it comes down to that. But uh, really hoping it doesn't come down to that. I think there'll be some bumps in the road this year. I think we'll struggle against top teams, but we'll get a couple under our belt to make us think, hey, okay, maybe we can do this next year. Right? I already said next year that the order is going to win the division, and I'll stand by that. But uh, I think this time next year, the Oilers are going to be one of the top Stanley Cup picks. Absolutely. So it's an exciting season for sure, but uh, tempering expectations for now. Yep. But anyway, bringing that's all hockey, bringing it heavy. Yeah, let's go. Let's get the season started. Thanks for tuning in, everybody. Uh, it's been a blast, and uh, I look forward to bringing you more content with the Heavy Hockey Network this year, as all of us do. And with that, thanks for tuning in. Have a good night. Good night, everybody. <laughs>